It certainly was a pretty start for West Virginia on Wednesday night in Lubbock, Texas, but they dialed it in late in the first half and finished the game in the second half, beating Texas Tech 76-61. Here is the podcast. What's going on, everybody? Wesley Shoemaker back with you today with the Blue Gold Sports Podcast. Ooh, a long streak broken, a lot to talk about, and a second Big 12 win on the year for West Virginia as they beat Texas Tech 76-61 to in Lubbock on Wednesday night. It was a game for the Mountaineers which started out awful. Like, it was probably... The worst start you could have in the first 5.09 on Saturday, the Mountaineers looked just dead. They looked like they didn't get off the bus. Uh, They, I think, opened one for seven or one of eight from the field. They had five turnovers within those first five minutes. Um, And Huggins took his entire starting five out as a result. They were trailing 10 to two. um, And he put a whole new lineup in, a lineup that included Milwaukee, uh, Josiah Harris, which we'll get to in a second. It also included Joe Toussaint, who had a huge, huge night. Seth Wilson, who had a huge, huge night. Um, and then Kobe Johnson as well. So Moagi quickly picked up a foul. In came James Oconquo and James. Then that five really kind of carried West Virginia to this victory. So Traylon tended to, obviously, but then the defense starts to step up. And then West Virginia kind of took advantage of Texas Tech's mistakes. Um Texas Tech got called for a technical foul in the first half, uh, and then Eric Stevenson was able to convert uh, four free throws to take their first lead of the game, and then kind of back and forth before West Virginia took a 33-28 lead into the locker room. Then in the second half, Texas Tech came out. They came out swinging again. Um, Oconquo was huge early on, and then throughout the second half, Mountaineers led 55-47, but Tech would get back in it. But every time Tech would get back in it, that bad man, Seth Wilson, had an answer with three a three ball. He hit five. We'll get into him as well moving forward. But Mountaineers uh, led by one, led by two, led by three. And then a huge Seth Wilson three put the lead to four. Uh, Texas Tech then cut it back to two. And then Eric Stevenson uh, hit a three. Texas Tech. Sorry, Seth Wilson then hit a three. Then uh, Texas Tech responded with a three of their own, and then Eric Stevenson hit a three. And from that point on, with 9.43 to play, it was all Mountaineers as they then cruised late to a 15-point victory. Uh, Let's first talk about the streak that was broken. Uh, West Virginia was on a 12-game Big 12 road losing streak. Uh, Last time they had won a Big 12 game was February 23rd, 2021 at TCU. Uh, However... That was, as we all know, the COVID year. So there were not full crowds. There was only 1,877 people there that day. Next day, next next day, next game they won in front of a full crowd was uh, at Iowa State 1,058 days ago. I think it was March 3rd, 2020. That crowd had 13,870. So it's a sigh of relief for a team that was struggling. There were... Almost 12,000 people in the building last night, according to tech folks. So 
it it was a it was a win West Virginia needed in the worst way, and it was the two teams at the bottom of the Big Twelve battling it out. And I think West Virginia proved to themselves, proved to everyone that they are not the worst team in the Big Twelve. Huggins has been saying that, and they are certainly not the worst team in this league. Uh, West Virginia did kind of get helped out. Uh, uh, Farjaw, Fardaz, Amik, Amak. I'm not gonna. I I apologize for getting his name incorrect. Amak. He uh he was out. He didn't play. He's a versatile big man up front. He's only played in three games this season for the Red Raiders. And then Pop Isaacs, uh, he unfortunately got hurt in the second half for Tech and did not return after his injury. But nonetheless, West Virginia picked up the 15-point win, broke a long streak. And how do they do it, you might ask? Well, it was the bench. The message was sent by Huggins early on that he's not going to just – have his starters keep just putting bad shots, bad decisions, turnovers here, throwing the ball out of bounds. Like two of their first five possessions, the Mountaineers just threw the ball out of bounds. It wasn't even like Texas Tech did anything. They just threw it out of bounds. So sure enough, they figured it out. Huggins uh, just said our starters didn't have any pop to them. They're guys that have played the majority of the minutes up until now, and they were dragging a little bit. And the bench was really, really good. Let's start with Seth Wilson. Seth Wilson, uh, 5 of 12 from the field, 11 of those 12 shots were from beyond the arc from three-point range, and it was the first time a Mountaineer had made, excuse me, at least five three-pointers in a game since Taz Sherman did it on January 31st uh, of last season. Uh, he made six that night, and Seth made five. All 15 of Seth's points, a career high, by the way, came from uh, three-pointers, and then add Joe Toussaint, who had 22 points of his own, a career high for him as well. He got 12 of his points at the free throw line. He was really good from the line, 12-14. We've been searching for that from him. Uh, moving on, James Aconquo. He was really, really good, and I don't think his stats on the box score point-wise really, really encapsulate what he did and the impact he had. Five points, 10 rebounds. That's a big number. Uh, two blocks. And that block he had in the second half was a – a game ceiling block. He goes up two hands, Sakaba Kanate esque, and just grabs it. Daniel Bacho tried to dunk, and I think most people thought it was going to be a surefire dunk. Sure enough, uh, James says no, 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 or oh, con- whoa, no, no. Sorry, that was a terrible joke, but he, he, he sure. He sure made an impact on this game, and he had a plus minus of plus sixteen, and it was his. Best game of the year, probably best game of his career. And to me, it seems like he's really, really turning a corner. He seems to have kind of found his his calling card, which right now is defense, but he's also being successful on the offensive end. Last night, he made three free throws, converted an and one, only took two shots from the field, but converted on one of those. So him continuing to get better, especially uh, when – your guys like Moa Gee and Jimmy Bell, Bell are in foul trouble. That really helps West Virginia's depth at the five position going forward. Uh, another guy to talk about, just not in the best way, is Emmett Matthews. Emmett hasn't been playing well at all over his last five games. Emmett is averaging 6.8 points per game, 38% from the field, 27% from three, three rebounds per game, and 1.6 turnovers per game. In 11 minutes, which was the lowest he has played this season, Emmett had four turnovers against the Red Raiders last night. So I personally think, and I think Huggins kind of 
hinted at this on his post-game radio interview with Tony Caridi after the game is that Emmett's still dealing with that knee injury he suffered uh, December 10th against UAB. He obviously missed the last two games before the Christmas break and then before Big 12 play, but he's played since. He's playing through it. Um, the problem is, is that he's the most experienced guy. He's been here at West Virginia the longest, if you can count, obviously, the time before he left. And then if you count this year, and he's just not playing up to his his standard, his capability, especially on the offensive end. He's, he's getting rebounds, which is good, but they miss his scoring. And I think Huggins could see that there were just guys that were playing better than him last night. And out of all the guys who played, Emmett Matthews had the second lowest minute total last night, which, which sends a stronger message than you think. Um, moving on to another starter, Kedrian Johnson. He only played 15 minutes. That was uh, the fewest he's played this season. He's dealing with a, an ankle sprain of some sort, I believe, according to Bob Huggins. And that's just, that's where he's at. And West Virginia needs him because he can obviously score like he did the last two games. But he also is their defensive spark, if that's what you want to call it. He's their, he's their captain on defense. He takes the responsibilities of kind of setting everything up and he also knows what Huggins wants and this team wants. So keeping an eye on him and his ankle will be key for West Virginia and just kind of monitoring that as we move along. Next thing for West Virginia to look at in their victory was the bench. 50 bench points, which it was it's a really good mark when your bench is scoring 50 points, but they also had the majority of the minutes. Uh, one thing I looked at today was plus minuses, the combined plus minuses of the starters compared to the six bench players that played. Combined plus minus of the starting five was negative eight, while the six bench guys combined to have a plus minus of 83. Um, averaging that out, each guy had 13.8 point impact from the bench and a negative 1.6 point impact for the starters. And if it wasn't for Eric Stevenson going nine for 11 at the line and having a plus minus of plus 12, the starters probably have a number that's much lower than that. And while we're on Stevenson, there's been obviously a lot of talk about how he has probably been in his own head, probably trying to not overdo it, not overstep ever since the incident at Oklahoma State, but he just hasn't shot well from the field. And you see all these shots that look good, they're, they're on the right line and they just rim out. So hopefully he's continuing to get closer and closer and closer, but he's, I think, starting to realize that he doesn't have to do it all on scoring. Um, last night, nine of his 16 points came at the free throw line. He only missed two free throws. Um, he went three of 12 from the field, one of seven from three, which obviously is not desirable, but he also had 10 rebounds, four assists, um, and a steal. So he, he did turn the ball over three times, but you're going to get that with Eric. Um, and he's, I think, starting to realize how he can impact the game in different ways. He had a beautiful pass to, I think it was Mowagi, who then had a slam dunk uh over Bacho. I think it was Wiggy. It might have been James. It was one of those two guys, but I'm pretty sure it was Wiggy. Either way, um Eric's starting to play better and better and better in a role that's not just scoring, scoring, scoring. And if the scoring does come around and he continues to play like this, that's ideal. I just don't want it to be the world where Eric Stevenson breaks out and shoots 50% from the field one game and then thinks he's 
all the way back when it was more of a one-game wonder rather than a we're going to determine and rely on this guy. Like, yeah, he can go for 20 points if he's hot, but I just don't see him getting on a stretch because of the quality of play in this league where he's going to regain that non-conference form of scoring 20-20-20 every single night. Um, so I think he has to start playing more like he played last night and limit the four shots, take what they give you, but also find the open man. West Virginia's ball movement was really good after the that first kind of first 10 minutes of the game. And the second half especially, they really moved the ball. Yeah, there are a couple turnovers off it, but I think if you're West Virginia and you're Coach Huggins and you're this staff, that you're going to say thank you for moving the ball and live with the turnovers off of that rather than getting stuck and making an errant pass to the middle of the court like they did early on. There was, I think Jimmy Bell got an offensive rebound, kind of got stuck and then just threw it to the middle of the floor and it was stolen. And so you'd rather, I think, live with the turnovers off of good ball movement rather than off of poor decision-making plays. And so I think that's something to also keep an eye on going forward is does this team turn the ball over on things that they are doing well? Like, are they moving the ball well and it just happens where – oh, they can't rotate it, like they rotate it too much, or they get a deflection and goes out of bounds, or they turn the ball over where it is, they're just careless with the basketball, throwing it to a place where multiple defenders are. Like those those are the kind of things that a stat sheet doesn't show. And I think in the second half, the turnovers were better turnovers that you can live with. Obviously you don't want to turn the ball over, but you live with those type of turnovers compared to the first half. And especially in those first five minutes where they were just throwing it out of bounds on their own to guys that weren't there, guys that weren't looking. And so as they continue to play better and play together, that should change. Um, Let's look at a couple numbers here for this game. This was the first time since January of 2015 that West Virginia won when turning the ball over at least 19 times and shooting, uh, 37% 37% from the field will know better than 37% from the field. Uh, that has happened 25 times since 1979. Mountaineers are 6-19 and 19 in those games. Uh, minutes, minutes, minutes. James, 22 the most this year. Kobe had 18, which is the second most this year. Josiah Harris, 7 minutes most he's had in Big 12 play. First time he's played since Kansas game, the Kansas game in about 20 days. Hedrian Johnson, 15, as we said, his fewest this season. And then Trey Mitchell. He only had 21 minutes. Uh, he had a plus minus of plus one, and it was the second fewest minutes he has played in games that he has started this season. So the starting five was beat up, and the bench bailed him out. But now it begs the question of who are you going to turn to? Are you going to start turning to the guys that last night won you the ball game? Or are you going to go back to the starting five that you've relied on to get you to this point? And I think – that's where you're going to have to rely on that Hall of Fame coach to tell you that and to trust that he's going to make and push the right buttons because Seth Wilson's got to play more. James Oconquo's got to play more. Heck, Joe Joe Toussaint's got to play more, especially if Kitty is dealing with an injury. And Kobe Johnson, he he provided really good minutes. He, he doesn't do a lot of the stuff that shows up in a statue. He's not scoring a ton. He's not – rebounding a ton but he's doing the little things he's setting the right screens making the right moves uh smart with the basketball smart with the ball when it is not in his hands like he's moving well without the ball and he's just a guy that understands the game and understands his role and I think 
having guys that don't play out of their role, don't don't do more than what they are good at, is a key for this team heading forward. Uh, Ken Palm-wise, Mountaineers are now 21st, and Ken Palm, the sixth best team, and they are ahead of Kansas State, which is the best part about computer rankings. Mountaineers jump to 24th in the net rankings. Then obviously they have number 15, I believe it Here's is. Here's what I found. Oh, don't know how that happened. Uh, excuse me. They obviously have number 20, number 15, Auburn, coming into the Coliseum on Saturday in two days' time. So that's another test and another opportunity for West Virginia to win. Mountaineers are now 12-8 and eight on the year, 2-6 and six in Big 12 play. But obviously we have a long, long, long month ahead of us. Uh, quick, quick, quick turnaround in a quick week. You're going from uh, Texas last night to Morgantown uh, to play Saturday and then hopping on a flight for a Tuesday tip-off against TCU in Texas. So a lot of cross-country travel, a lot of different areas. This team proved last night that they can they can play it. And as we've said all year, it's not a matter of if they do it once, is can they do it twice, three times, four times? And can you start to get this consistency that West Virginia fans have been dying to see all year so mountaineers win beat texas tech i'll be back with you with a podcast possibly after auburn if not after auburn uh or tcu big win for the mountaineers 76 61 win over texas tech and it was much needed and the mountaineers are hopefully hopefully turning a page two of their last three games they've won one on the road broke a long streak and that is the podcast so thank you for listening i'm Mustard shoemaker host of the blue moon sports podcast